Hello and welcome to the teaching podcast of Coastal Community Church, where our mission is to be love in Jesus Christ to the lost and found in our community. For more information about what Coastal is all about, visit SebastianChurch.com. Now please prepare your hearts to receive whatever God may have for you in today's sermon. All right. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm Seth. Merry Christmas. Hmm. Merry Christmas. All right. There we go. All right. Now we're, now we're talking, okay? I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to thank you for worshiping with us this morning. I felt like the roof was going to lift off with Hark the Herald Angels sing. I hope the neighbors heard. Um, and uh, guys, thank you so much for worshiping with us. Um, as we celebrate, uh, wow, the birth of, of the Prince of Peace, I'm also just so grateful for what God uh, has done in the life of, of Ron and April. You know, I've been praying for that baby for a long time. Uh, it's one of, those, one of those prayer requests we're just so excited and grateful for. Well, before we get started, I'm gonna wanna pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing in our church, in our community, in our world. It's so easy to see the lack of peace It's so easy to be distracted by the difficulty and challenges, but Father, we choose right now to look at all the areas of our world and of our families and of our lives where your hand is greatly visible, and we celebrate that. We celebrate this new baby. We celebrate the birth of the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. amen. All right, so I don't know if you noticed, but there, this time of year, there are some crazy people. They come out this time of year. Did you notice? Did you notice? It's just me? Are you, maybe, I know not here. There's not some crazy people in here because we're, we're not self-aware enough to know, right? But there are crazy people here, okay, outside of this place, right? Right, that affect us. In fact, just the other day, I was stopped at a stoplight. I was two cars back from the person at the front of the stoplight area line thingy, which means it's not my responsibility to go first. In fact, I can't. But that didn't stop the guy behind me, four cars back, from laying on his horn for three seconds when the car in front of me did not move the very second that the light turned green. He sat there, and I'm like, what do you expect me to do? Uh, just kind of plow through them? You know, I don't know. I guess the guy in the front could finally hear him, and he moved forward. And I was like, hmm, that's, that's nice. Um, hey, there's some music playing in the background I'm hearing. All right, there you go. Sorry, I couldn't keep going. I just, <laughs> you guys that know me. All right, so, <clears throat> so I kind of re- recovered from that, and then all of a sudden... I have 15 returns to take to Amazon uh, at the UPS store. Don't judge me. You know you do the same thing. You buy like, oh, I just buy it. And if I don't need it, I'll just take it back, right? And then some of you, you forget to take it back, right? And then you just have stuff, right? So I'm taking back. I have like a bag full of returns, and, uh, and, which means that the crowd of people waiting at the register were thrilled to see me at the front. 
And as I'm getting closer and closer to the front, a woman walks in the back door. Now, remind you that the place is crowded. She walks in the back door with a par, a par, one parcel in her hand and she says, she shouts beyond the crowd and to the four clerks at the front that are doing their best to help the people in front of them. And she shouts to them and says, do I have to wait in this line or can't I just bring this up and put it on the counter? If looks could kill, every one of us would have murdered that woman. Just, just kind of looking back at her, right? Yeah, people are crazy this time of year. Then, after waiting 30 seconds, which to her must have seemed like eternity, she walked to the front, weaving in between the crowd of people that were in line. She placed her box on the counter, making a thud. And she said, I'm leaving this here. Make sure that it's shipped. And she walks out. Now she weaves back through the crowd of people that were waiting ahead of her. And again, the eyes, you know, spoke. But then, someone said what we all were thinking. <laughs> you know who you are. Because you probably, there's probably a few of you here. And he said, do you really think you're that much better than us? That you can just skip to the front of the line and not wait in line like a normal person? And, and all of us were like, all right, I, I, would, I just kind of went along with it. I went along with it. And I just had this like, like the peace had been sucked out of the room. We let this woman who didn't have any peace steal the entire room's peace. You, you, let, you let one person, one crazy person ruin it for you. And let me tell you, there's no shortage of people right now who will do that for you. There's no shortage of people who will barge in and think that their, their priorities are more important than yours and they don't have to wait in line. Here's the thing. Uh, if peace is missing in your life, I just want, some of you may be thinking, didn't we just talk about peace with people back at Thanksgiving? I mean, we just had the Thanksgiving pie sermon series where we're learning gratitude when life is full of very good, very good. The first service wasn't as quick. Sure, but I don't know. Is your life any less full of nuts? So here, we're gonna give a double dose this holiday season because not only is Christmas coming and there's lots of crazies, but prepare yourself because right after Christmas is an election year and the crazies are gonna be coming out of all the corners of your social media feed and your family. And so you need to be equipped not to allow people to steal your peace. So for that reason, we have to take the peace that we found in Christ and bring it so that we may have peace with people. Last week, we learned that, that our peace cannot be found in the absence of problems. Our peace must be found in the presence of God. And so we can have peace no matter what we're going through. And I'm here to tell you today, you can have peace no matter who you gotta go through it with. You can have peace with people even crazy people. Peace is not found in the absence of problems. Peace is not found in the absence of crazy people. Peace is found in the presence of God. So how do we do this? 
Well, we're gonna start with the easiest one. Peace with people comes when we overlook the failures of people. Nobody said amen because y'all don't wanna do that. I didn't overlook the failure of the idiot behind me blaring on his horn. I waved. Do you ever do that? Are you guys, anybody? I didn't wave with one finger. I wave, huh? I did this. Anybody else do that? You're like, he needs a smile. I'm gonna give him a smile. Just give him a smile. You know, this is when my kids or my wife, you're gonna get shot, okay? <laughs> or you give him a little toot back, you know? Beep, beep, nice to see you too, sir. Okay, maybe that's not what's going to move towards peace, but we have to begin overlooking the failures of people in a world where <clears throat> we are entitled to be offended about anything. You may not even understand what offends me, but me being offended means now you have to adjust your behavior. I'm not calling you to that kind of lifestyle where we just kind of compromise everything and willy-nilly, you know, like we compromise right and wrong. I'm not calling you to compromise justice or what's right and wrong. I'm calling you to get over the crap that doesn't matter. Overlook the failures of people because what, what really doesn't matter is a woman who's too impatient to wait in line. Not the, the woman matters. God loves her. But the fact that she's too impatient, it doesn't, it actually should not take my peace. And the fact that someone is too impatient to wait the three seconds that it takes for the person to get the wherewithal to realize that he needs to stop texting and look up because the light is green. Doesn't need to take peace away from a child of God. We should be the most peace-giving and peace-living people on the planet because we follow the Prince of Peace. And if that Prince of Peace has an, any impact or transformational power over you at all, then everywhere you go, peace should go with you. So we must overlook the failures of people. I know, don't like it any more than you, but God says we should do it. And we must learn and grow in this difficult area. Proverbs 19.11, it's gonna be on the screen. If you wanna follow along, I invite you. Uh, if you brought a Bible, um, uh, a hard copy of the scripture, follow along that way. Um, you're not more spiritual if you have a pages Bible, but I would invite you, if you don't have the pages in front of you, to install the YouVersion, Y-O-U version Bible app and, uh, and, and create an account. Um, it will help, it has lots of tools in there that can help you grow spiritually. So follow along in whatever method you choose. Proverbs 19, 11. A person with, hang on, we gotta read this one together because sometimes there's stuff in the Bible, we read it and we just, you know, just mow right over it. And then it, this one needs to kind of get inside of us, okay? So we're gonna read this together, okay? Three, two, one. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. We're gonna, that one's so important. We're gonna, we're gonna go back and read it again. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Overlook, the Hebrew word, avar. It has A-B-A-R, the B kind of has a soft sound to it, abar. Everyone, you wanna you try that, okay? Abar, it means to drop it. Or in the theologian Elsa's words, let it go. 
You, you, you have to learn, this is spiritual maturity. Letting it go means not allowing it, not letting it replay over and over in your head. The more you replay it, I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm less spiritual. The more I replay the, the, the failure of someone, I begin thinking about that lady, the audacity. She just, I can't believe her. Doesn't she value these people? Doesn't she value how hard the four people at the front at the desk are working? And I just kind of digest it all and overanalyze. And by the time I'm done, she's even worse than reality, okay? Yeah, okay. And this is what we do with our family too. We don't overlook the failure. We begin digesting and overanalyzing and replaying until, oh my goodness, I, I can't be around this person. We have to learn to overlook an offense. I'm gonna read another passage because sometimes when we read something in the Bible, we, we glaze right over it. But this one, we're gonna have to hit it harder. We're gonna hit this again, Ephesians 4, 2, because it says very similar. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your, and those who attend a church where the motto is be love. Yeah, we ought to get this. And those who call themselves followers of a God who the Bible says is love. We ought to be able to make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And where does our love come from? We learned last week that we have we have resources that don't actually come from ourselves. When we become followers of Jesus, his forgiveness is our forgiveness. His love is our love. His peace is our peace. And so the love that you can love people with faults is love that maybe goes beyond your own resources and dips into God's. I wanna teach you another original word. This is uh, in Greek because it's in the New Testament. And the making allowance, those two words are translated from the Greek word aneko, everyone? Aneko. It means to endure suffering. To make allowance for each other's faults. I believe they softened it here. To endure suffering because of your love. Now, again, I wanna make sure we're clear. This doesn't mean we, we compromise truth or compromise justice or compromise our boundaries that are healthy. This means that when something doesn't matter, you get over it, even if it means a little bit of suffering. And some of us still, we're still like, I don't like this. I thought Jesus was supposed to come and make things easy and better. I direct you again to another verse, Romans 12, verse one. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. That doesn't sound very comfortable. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So worship cannot just be a song that we sing, but a life that we live. Love cannot just be something we talk about, it has to be something that we act upon. So listen, being offended is inevitable. 
I've been offended already today. Being offended is inevitable. Living living offended is avoidable. Can I just say that again? Because I flubbed up. You know, being, being offended is inevitable. There will be somebody doing something stupid that's going to offend you, saying something that hurts you or causes some sort of injustice. Being offended is inevitable, but living offended is completely avoidable. You can do that. You do not need to live in that offense. Overlook the failures of people. Number two, the the second way that we have peace with people is we bless people. Now, some of you from the South have a special way of blessing people that are difficult. You say, bless, bless your heart, bless your heart. And some of you that are from the North are like, these Southern people are just so gentle and kind. They just keep telling me, bless your heart. Isn't that so sweet? What they mean is uh, they can't stand you. They just, they just, you are not okay. You are a difficult person, bless your heart. Okay, like that, and, and then we come to church and oh, God bless you and God bless you. Anybody can say the word bless. That's not what the word means. I do not think that word means what you think it means. Romans 12, 14, not even gonna name the reference. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Don't say to them what everyone else is thinking. Pray that God will bless them. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. God bless you. Bless your heart. Let's dig a little deeper into that word, bless. Now the word in its form that's, that's here is eulageo. Everyone? All right, this is the last one. I need to hear a little better. Eulageo. That last part makes it a verb. We're gonna get to that in a minute. But eulageo is made out of two, it's made out of a compound, it's a compound word, two words put together. The you means good. The logeo, you may have heard logos, right? Means word, okay? The logeo is words, but it's in verb form. So it means to speak good words. Now, stay with me, hang on. This is usually where eyes are glazing over. I'm gonna go just a step deeper. Please don't get lost. Now this word you lageo, if we, if we parse it out, is actually, it is a present imperative, which means that it's a command that for us to be continually, it's a continuing action, continually blessing people with our words. In fact, not just people, but the difficult people the crazy UPS store lady people, the honk on the horn, the split second that the light turns green people. You fill in the blank, the lady who brings 12 items to a 10 items or less express lane. You lageo them. Bless difficult people. And it, it doesn't just say, hey, say the word. It says, pray that God will bless them. Pray that good things will happen to them. Don't pray that an anvil will fall on their head or that they finally get the, the justice they deserve for treating people so poorly in UPS. No, bless them. Pray that God will bless them. 
Now, I gotta tell you, this right here is the number one. Like, if you were like, you don't like this one, this is where the secret hidden sauce is in this, in this sermon because this is what has the capacity to bring the most peace with people. This has the capacity to bring the most peace within you. When you can bring yourself to pray good things over difficult people, I guarantee you, your perspective will begin to change. And the peace that they took from you will overflow because their foolishness doesn't have power over you. You're going to bless those who persecute you. Now, what are some of the things that you can pray for that difficult person in your life? I want you to just take a minute. Some of you have already been thinking. You guys are like doing your homework ahead of time. You've already got a difficult person, maybe at work or at home. Maybe your difficult person is the child sitting next to you, and I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but maybe your difficult person is here. All right, so just what are you gonna pray for them for? What are you going to ask God for? We pray that God will heal them from their hurt. We pray that God will bring them peace in spite of their pain. We pray that God will bring them hope. Now, by the way, I'm not saying that you should just begin praying this as soon as an idiot rises to the surface, okay? Like, I'm not saying that in Walmart or at the line, you can get away with that in your car as long as the windows are up and you're not praying loudly. Pray a blessing over the difficult people. Take your crazies to Jesus. Ask him to do good things to them. And I guarantee you, your peace will multiply. The peace that you get from that is not because it's some recipe, like you just completed a level on a video game. No, the peace comes because you're practicing what you believe. You say you're a child of the Prince of Peace, and now you're practicing that peace. And now it's reality for you. It's authentic for you. Continually bless the most crazy people in your life and you will have peace with people. You will have peace in spite of people. And finally, number three, peace with people comes when we get along. Now this one is obviously kind of simple. Or is it? If it's so simple, how come it's so hard? Peace with people comes when we get along. And Romans 12 verse 15 says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. This is the key passage. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Now, how many of you wanna take that UPS lady to lunch? It's not fun to hang out with everybody. It's nice, I'll let her know next time I see her. We have to live in harmony with each other and living in harmony with each other means that we don't have to agree on everything. We, we don't have to be perfect. You don't have to vote the way I vote or, or like the same things I like for me to live in harmony. 
Our community can be very diverse and yet still be harmonious. So humbly get along with people. Now, how do we humbly get along with people? I've kind of broken this last point up into three sub points. So if you're taking notes, don't miss these. Humbly get along with people. Number one, don't condemn. I'm not gonna condemn, I'm a Christian, right? We all just condemn that lady in UPS, in our heads, you weren't even there and you were on my side. Don't condemn. Um, Jesus himself says in John 3, 17, I didn't, you know, didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. So if Jesus isn't gonna come and condemn, neither should you. Don't condemn. The devil wants to divide. The devil wants um, us to get partial information and make a, a complete judgment. Psychologists tell us that um, our brains fill in the blanks when we don't have all the details. And I don't know about you, but mine likes to fill in the blanks with the worst case scenario sometimes. The devil loves that about us. He's like, hey, that, you know why they didn't show up? Because they don't like you. You know why they said that? Because they don't appreciate you. You know why your kids didn't do their chores? Because they're little punks. No, they are. But we need to stop filling in the blanks with the worst case scenario. We need to overlook faults. We need to bless people. We need to humbly live in harmony to get along with people by not condemning. Second part of humbly getting along with people is that we should value loving people over proving to people that we're right. I can't tell you how many times I was embarrassed like for Christians. When they stand up for the right thing in the wrong way. Standing up for the right thing in the wrong way should not push people away from God. Standing up for the right thing, sorry, should not push people away from God, but standing up for the right thing in the wrong way will expel them, will repel them from the very peace that we hold. And that's why Jesus did not say the greatest command is to be right. The greatest command is not to prove that we are right. The greatest command is to be love, to love God and love others. Humbly getting along means that we value people over proving that we're right. And the last part of this point is humbly getting along requires that we strain to see a different perspective. I'm gonna beat that drum one more time. I'm not saying that we compromise truth. I'm stating that you strain to see things, strain to see why someone feels or believes or behaves a certain way. We have no idea what hell that woman in UPS has been through. We have no way of knowing what that person is, how that person is hurting that hurt you. My mom always said, hurt people 
hurt people. We must be willing to get along even with hurt people. Create healthy boundaries. Stand up for justice and truth. And then humbly live in harmony. Overlook failures, bless people, get along. Then you will have peace with people only through the peace we have with God. Let's pray. So I asked you to identify somebody in your life that sucked the peace right out of you. It's not enough for us to hear these words and go, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. We should do that. Or be thinking of some person of God who didn't put these things into practice and condemning them. Let's put it into practice ourselves. So that person that has so deeply hurt us, it may be a parent, robbed you of that relationship that you should have had. Maybe a best friend betrayed your trust. Maybe a work partner, a work boss didn't show your value. And let's just be real, it, it may have been a church person that behaved in a way that church people, that people of God should not behave. Take away the power that their behavior has over your life. By right now, praying a blessing over them. Can you do that? This may come with tears. Because praying good things for difficult people means we have to forgive. We have to release. So right now, I invite you, pray at your seat. Jesus, I overlook their failures. I don't overlook the fact that they hurt me. But I'm gonna do what your word says and bless them who hurt me. I'm gonna do what your will says, what your word says, and live in harmony. And right now I invite you, only you know what to pray. Take 10 to 15 seconds right now, pray a blessing over that person. Take away the power of the devil. Take away the power of the devil that is stealing your peace through a behavior that's typically completely unintentional. Or at best, unaware. Jesus, would you bring our peace back? Peace that doesn't come from people's perfect behavior, but from the Prince of Peace. In 
Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you were blessed by today's teaching. We would love to connect with you, and here are some ways you can connect with us. You can submit a prayer request, find a life group, or check out some of the upcoming events at sebastianchurch.com go. Join us here again for the next episode. Thank you.